American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Hello, everyone. It's here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and Little League practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end with Schneebly and Toth. Hello, old friend. Good to see you again. It's uh... good to see you. You look like a million dollars. Well, thank you. I I feel like about a buck forty, though. Um, <laughs> What's the uh, currency in Spain? It is uh, euros. Euros. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, you look like a uh, million dollars worth of euros, or whatever the exchange rate is. We had a wonderful time, and uh, it's good it's to have you back. Good to be home. A little bit of a head cold, but uh, I I feel really rested and ready to go. Yeah, uh, you do. Two weeks on the uh, on the Atlantic. We did a transatlantic cruise on the way home, and uh, it was so bizarre to be in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It, it just, sure. So strange, and I kept thinking to myself, what must this have been like for the early explorers? You know? It's interesting you say that, because I was just thinking about uh, a David McCullough book where he talked about the period in the late 1800s where a number of Americans went to France and because it was, uh, you know, sailing ships, you had no clue how long it was going to take you to cross the Atlantic. And they would often sit for weeks sure, uh, with no motion whatsoever because there was no wind to carry them there. And to, to fast forward to present day... And you guys knowing pretty much to the minute when you're going to pull into port yeah. is something that I think we take for granted. <laughs> we absolutely do. And, and I wasn't the only one taking things for granted. Uh, the couple next to us in the, uh, in the cabin, <laughs> this was like the first day. And right. we are on the cruise. It's the sail away party. Everything is open. All the bars, all the restaurants. It's a full-blown party going on. Cool. Uh, cool. They're, you know, they're they're showing movies on the big screen. They've got the escape room is open. Uh, zip lining. They're doing all of this stuff, right? Yeah. And I hear the guy on the patio on the balcony next to us say, "Dude, I'm bored." <laughs> <laughs> And I think, well, at least at least I'm not as bad as that. <laughs> Dude, I'm bored. There's nothing to do here. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> I wonder what it would have taken for him to say, this is pretty cool. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, and then the couple on the other side, uh, they were from, well, I, they spoke German, so I'm assuming they were from Germany, but they fought the whole time. Oh, dear God. In German at maximum volume. <laughs> 
That's a percussive language. It's too. a very percussive <laughs> language. It goes through those those cabin walls pretty clearly. She. That's wild. I just kept hearing her go und und. What is your point? <laughs> well, I got a story for you, my friend. Tell me a tell me a story, and pardon the noise of my dog moving down her ramp in the background. Not a problem. Is that a euphemism the kids are using these days? My dog yes. is moving down the ramp. They caught him moving the dog down the ramp, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> All righty. Well, technology is an amazing thing. I was reflecting on this during uh, the transatlantic cruise about how amazing technology really is. And, uh, you know, we live in, in the information age. Do you remember growing up, Linz, and they, they coined the phrase or the, the, uh, the term space age? Oh, yeah. How incredibly futuristic that seemed at the time. Space age polymers. Yes. <laughs> and, and now we're in the information age. The time where knowledge and information is available to us at all times, at the tips of our fingers, literally. And this, this came into play when you and I would exchange texts while you were in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It's true. And every, every time I did that, I thought, this is something really unbelievable, that I can sit here in my office and text with you and you're literally in the middle of nowhere. I know. It's it's <laughs> remarkable. I kept finding myself in moments where I would just be completely amazed by where we are. And and the information at our fingertips is by and large a very good thing. You can learn many things on the internet, how to speak a new language, the travel distance to your destination. Uh, who sings that song? <laughs> how to fix a toilet? Yes, how to fix a toilet. All of these things are good. And yeah, the DIY videos on YouTube are so helpful. The self-help videos, also very good, most of the time. I know I've referenced many DIY YouTube videos to save myself a little bit of money in doing, you know, more of the mundane home repairs. Sure. Cat actually fixed our dishwasher with nothing more than a DIY YouTube video and a butter knife. Of course she did. <laughs> Remarkable. It's Cat Walls, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. But sometimes certain repairs or activities are better left to the professionals. And sometimes it's pretty obvious, like things like lower abdominal surgery, for example. Oh, dear, no. No, 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 no. no. It's not something one should do. But that's not no. what this story is about. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> In fact, my story doesn't even include a YouTube DIY video. It's just a guy who thought he'd save a little money by doing a repair job on his own. A job okay. that should have been left to the professionals. Yes, our story takes place in Singapore on the very first day of the year 2004. It happened in Bukit Panjang neighborhood in Singapore. It was mid-morning when a, 30 year, a 39-year-old unidentified man discovered that his motorbike, or the gas tank on it, had a little bit of a leak. Okay. And his motorbike was his only means of transportation. And that's very common in the streets of Singapore. Whenever you see, you know, videos or documentaries on that part of the uh, world, getting around on motorbikes is really the only way you can do it. The traffic is so crazy. Sure. This man was obviously frustrated when he discovered this and not wanting to pay a mechanic or an auto body repair shop thought, you know, I can probably fix this myself. Get a little duct tape and Bob's your uncle. It was a chilly morning, so he thought it would be best to make the repairs in his sixth-floor apartment. <laughs> a 
But it didn't make much sense, because it was on the sixth floor, to take the entire motorbike up to his apartment. So the man returned to his apartment, retrieved his toolbox, got back to his motorbike. He, he removed the gas tank. Then he took the gas tank and his tools up to the sixth floor apartment to begin his oh. repair process. Okay. All right. He laid a tarp on the floor, and he got to work. Well, that's smart. At least he covered the floor. So far, I don't see a thing that could go wrong here. No, no, nothing. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Even though the tank had a leak in it, it was still mostly full of gas. So, so the first order of business was to drain the gas from the tank, which, again, I would have done outside. But I would think down in the garage or on the street would have been smarter than your yep. sixth floor apartment. But Yep. So he, he goes into the bathroom and he places a small bucket in his toilet and he okay. siphons the gas into the bucket. <laughs> sure. Empties the tank out. It was a delicate process, but he was successful in draining the tank. He then took the bucket out of the toilet and, uh, and sat it next to, to, to the <laughs> toilet. Now, this guy, he didn't know what he was doing and why he was in possession of a propane torch is beyond me. Oh, dear Lord. But his plan was to solder the leak in the gas tank shut. So he retrieved his propane torch and okay. sparked it up. Yeah. And the flame on the torch burst forth. Now, have you ever seen a propane torch? Have you ever used I one? I have. Yeah. I've never used one, but I've seen them used, and they're very powerful, creepy tools. They, they really are. The problem was, during the siphoning of the gas process from the tank to the bucket, a little bit of gas had spilled onto his hand. And once the torch burst to life, the gas on his hand ignited. Of course. Now, he was tr uh, frantically trying to put the flame out by swatting it with a rag. But that didn't work because apparently there was gas on the rag, too. So I was just going to say, did that rag happen to have any gasoline on it? It just caught the rag on fire. So now he's dancing around in his bathroom with a burning rag on the floor and flames shooting off of his hand. He quickly stomped on the rag. He was able to put that flame out. And then, in an attempt to douse the flames shooting off of his hand, he instinctively plunged his hand into the toilet. There we go. Normally, this would have been a successful maneuver. Sure. Dousing one's flaming appendage, but not this time. Because? The problem was, <laughs> he plunged his hand into the toilet... And that ignited the gasoline fumes coming from the pail of gasoline immediately next to the toilet. Yep, yep, yep. Immediately, it ignited, totally engulfing the toilet in a ball of flame that reached as high as the ceiling. Oh, dear Lord. It then exploded. In what was reported to be <laughs> such a strong explosion, it shook his entire block. <laughs> I just, I just stopped just a sec. Your delivery of... And then it exploded <laughs> with such a children's book kind of kind of way of saying that. Go on. Passersby at first, when, when the explosion took place, um, had no idea where it was coming from until they started seeing black smoke pouring out of a six-story bathroom window. <laughs> but that's not where the story ends. Oh, no. It gets better. Yes. On the floor of his bathroom was a, a, a floor drain. 
and some of the burning gasoline made its way down into the drain from the man's bathroom. Well, of course it did. The flaming gasoline drained down into the city's sewer system, where it mingled with sewer gas and methane. Oh, my Lord. This set off a massive underground explosion. It was so powerful that the local residents were stunned, and they watched in amazement as one manhole cover was completely blown to bits. Oh, my Lord. And the explosion was so strong, two other manhole covers were blown high into the air. Now, those are heavy objects. God, yes. People were fleeing their homes. They poured into the streets screaming. Fortunately, nobody was hurt except, well, the man with the propane torch. (laughs) But he only suffered minor injuries on his left hand. That's a miracle. It really is. And these injuries were so minor that he refused to get medical attention. Now, I see a pattern with a lot of these stories, Linz. When people do stupid things and get hurt, they refuse to get medical treatment. Yeah, it's fine. It's just a scratch. Nothing, nothing to look at here. And I'm wondering, is that just because they're embarrassed or is it that on some level they feel that because of their stupid behavior, they don't deserve treatment? It's probably both. I would venture to say that uh, and because almost all of our stories, as we've talked about a number of times, involve men making really stupid decisions <laughs> and not women, mm-hmm. I would think a woman would say, you know what, this gaping flesh wound, maybe maybe you should bandage it. Maybe I should go to the hospital. Yeah, an antiseptic might be in order. Whereas a guy is going to say, no, it's good. I'm yep, good. I'm fine. I'm fine. Walk it off. Maybe maybe they feel that through their pain somehow it atones for their sins. I'm not That's sure. That's probably it. Now, I don't pretend to be an expert when it comes to what some would say the art of welding, but but I do know this, Linz. Propane torches and open pails of gasoline in a six-floor bathroom apartment is a dangerous combination. Yeah. Dear God. My source information was Channel News Asia and Singapore Straits Times. I'm thinking maybe it's just they don't report it because then there's going to be a paper trail and this way they can stay anonymous. That's probably that's probably true. Yeah, I would think. Anyway, don't go welding gas tanks in your, in your bathroom. Just please. It's bad form. I remember in junior high, there were two guys uh, in front of me talking about welding. I think their dads were welders. Uh-huh. And they were talking about this very thing, about the danger of fumes being so uh, volatile, so potentially explosive. And I remember one of them saying, you know, you can weld on a full tank of gas. It's the fumes that are, yeah. that are what's dangerous. No, that makes perfect sense. I wouldn't try welding anything. No. <laughs> but uh, I, I actually did weld something one time. I, did you I, really? I tried to do a bathroom repair and uh, was replacing some copper piping. Did it work? Eventually. (laughs) Eventually it did, yeah. This is a case where I need to ask Kat the exact same question because I'm guessing you two might have a slightly different answer. Well, I ended up flooding my basement. Uh, Oh, dear Lord. I didn't... I didn't know how to properly solder the joint. You have to solder it so that the solder seeps inside the joint, not just cover it up. It was a rookie mistake. Was this in Maine? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, flooded the basement. Wow. <laughs> Pardon the naivete of this question, but how do you how do you drain a basement full of water? I didn't. I just 
sold the house. <laughs> he just sold it. Just left it there. I just walked away from it. By the way, don't look at the basement, but I hope you like swimming. No, there was a drain in the basement, so okay. it was fine. Right. And when I say flooded, you know, it just, it maybe an inch of water on the floor, but. Yeah. I, uh, I actually have a phobia about that very thing because this has happened to me twice. Once when a water heater broke yeah. in a basement and once when a washing machine broke and to be standing in an inch, even just an inch of water, uh, really freaks me out. And I, I uh, have a friend, Paul, whom I've told you about, who dubs it the water in the cave syndrome. Oh, yeah. And okay. uh, theorizes that this goes back to when we were literally living in caves. If you had water in your cave, you were effed. Something was really, really wrong. <laughs> really wrong. Yeah. And it still resonates today. Uh, in 2022, if you've got water in your cave, Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, and and it's carry it's been carried in our DNA down through the exactly. uh, generations. Exactly, that's why we like crispy food. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, because we would eat uh, like grasshoppers and stuff, and if they were crispy, we knew they were fresh, and so wow. we still crave crispy foods because of that. I did not know that. I thought you were going to say, like, meat that's been cooked over a fire would be crispy. And so you would would feel safer eating that than raw meat. It probably added to it, for sure. uh, Now I'm all hungry and stuff. (laughs) You're on the shallow end with Shetley and Toth. Anyone can give you a new roof, but cheapo roofing gives you more. Like water. Lots and lots of water when it rains. That means your indoor plants are healthier and greener, all thanks to us. Our substandard work ethics and cheap roofing supplies mean water gets into your house faster than ever. And there's more. Only cheapo roofing can virtually guarantee sunshine throughout your home because of the gaps we'll probably leave in your new roof. But all that sunshine and water sure does make for happy, healthy house plants. When you think about it, water and sunshine are nature's most powerful tools. And with the money you'll save using us, you'll have plenty of money to spend on buckets for your floors and tarps for your brand new roof. Anyone can give you a roof. Cheapo roofing gives you more. Cheapo Roofing, just off Interstate 4 in Orlando. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at constantpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever wondered what really happened to Amelia Earhart or the lost colony of Roanoke? Do you ever find yourself scouring the internet for vicious Victorians and their murders by gaslight? Or perhaps 
you're just sick and tired of women being constantly misrepresented or plain lied about throughout history. If so, join me, Katie Charlwood, history harlot and reader of books on Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class, part of the Airwave Media Network, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Adios, au revoir, au revoir de zen, my friends. Bye-bye. I'll be seeing you. Never swim alone. Things are always more fun when someone's watching you do it. You're in the shallow end with Schnepley and Toth. Our email address is lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. We love your emails. We've been getting more and more every week, and we truly appreciate you guys reaching out and telling us uh, stories of your own or uh, shallow end effects or uh, any story that you have. It's really cool to see how uh, people are have made this podcast, along with Box of Oddities, part of their regular commute, their regular um, uh, schedule. It's really cool. We're, we're very, very touched. I never that. get tired of receiving emails, uh, no matter where they come from. But like we got one from Denmark recently, and that just blows my mind when you think pe- wild? people on the other side of the world listen to this yeah. silly little thing that we do. And we're yeah. appreciative. We are. So speaking of shallow end effect, uh, a gentleman named Dale writes, hey, folks, love the shallow end and box of oddities. I was just listening to episode 23. When Jethro was talking about harassing telemarketers. <laughs> yes. Some employees at the body shop we used to own also did this. We could just string them along. I held the record at 21 minutes before they finally hung up. Wow. Nothing like getting called bad names in an Indian accent. <laughs> anyway, our customers would often hear us playing with the people since we did it on speakerphone so everyone could enjoy it. Seems nobody likes telemarketers. Fast forward, my wife Regina was finishing up a doctor's appointment and the receptionist was telling another girl in the office about, quote, this guy at the body shop, unquote, that gives telemarketers a hard time. Oh, no. My wife just rolled her eyes and said, <laughs> yep, that's my husband. Yeah, that's Hey, wonderful. I figured they called us their fair game, right? Thanks for the great shows. Keep up the good work. I Thank love you, that. Dale. Yeah, that's just Appreciate it. That. They, they call us. They deserve whatever we Yeah, give they them. started this. Yep, that's right. I put this on them. Also, a uh, an email from Beth who says, Hello there, I listened to episode 16, the United Airlines broken guitar story back in September, a week and a half before my husband and I flew to French Polynesia for our honeymoon. That sounds nice. I told my husband the story over dinner because we were flying United. Oh, joy. Fast forward to September 25th. We land in San Francisco for a layover. We were waiting to get off the plane. I looked out my window and noticed a few workers moving luggage around. Pretty normal. But then another worker came into my view carrying a guitar case. No. It was the only thing he was carrying, and he was using both hands. <laughs> I guess he didn't want to end up in a song. Hopefully, there are some people at United that learned their lesson. Yes. Love your show, Beth. Seems like they have, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, Beth. That's wonderful. I'm sitting here all at Twitter waiting for your, uh, your story. My adrenal meters are pegged, my friend. Your spidey sense is tingling. They are. I uh, I got a good one here for you. Not many people have heard of Norco, California, though I happen to know people who have have lived there at one time or actually still live there. It's a city. It's in Riverside County. It's roughly 50 miles east of Los Angeles. Norco, by the way, is a derivation of North Corona. It's also known as Horsetown, USA, and it prides itself on being a horse community because it's got trails and hitching posts and corrals and 
Even the city ordinances require construction to have a traditional rustic Western flavor. Ooh. So you can imagine that in a, in a town that uh, emphasizes that kind of architecture and lifestyle, that if that's the case, you've probably got people that own guns. I mean, that's what I would think. Yeah, it's, it's part, of the, uh, part of the ensemble. Part of the culture. So at the start of this year, there were a string of robberies on uh, smaller stores, convenience stores, and almost always in the middle of the night. Hmm. And the Riverside County Sheriff's Department noticed this. They actually went around to these stores and said, hey, uh, it's, this has been going on for a few months now, and you might want to keep an eye out because uh, th- this is a string, and until we, until we got these guys under arrest, uh, it could be dangerous. So, so keep an eye out. So there's a, a liquor store called Norco Market and Liquor, and it's owned and managed by an 80-year-old guy named Craig Cope. In fact, he's owned this store since 1967. And a woman uh, named Marnie, who, uh, who works for him, kind of a manager, says, Sheriff came in and warned me that this was going on, and we should keep an eye out and pay attention. Be on your toes. So because of this, Craig Cope, the owner, had upgraded his security system. So he had more monitors. They were HD. He could see the parking lot. He could see the back door. He could see other parts of the store. So keep in mind, this guy is 80 years old. He owns the store. And for whatever reason, I guess maybe just because he's a good guy, he takes the night shift. It's 2.45 a.m. on a Sunday, and he's watching... The display. The store is completely empty, but he's looking at one of these new monitors and he sees a black BMW back into a spot just outside the front door. And it's got four guys inside. And one of them gets out and he's wearing a hoodie and he's carrying a rifle. Oh boy. So Craig, the owner, understandably thinks, well, these guys are probably not here to deliver me flowers. And he's right. You don't bring me flowers anymore. (laughs) Not at 2.45 on a Sunday. So the gunman busts through the front door, and he's pointing a black rifle toward Mr. Cope, who's behind the register all the way across the store. Sweet little 80-year-old man. Sweet Mr. Cope. And Mr. Cope thinks to himself, buddy, you just came into the wrong store. <laughs> and he has already picked up a shotgun because he's, he's smart. He sees what's about to go down. <laughs> and he fires a single shot from a shotgun and blasts the guy right in the arm. And the gunman, and I'm going to play this for you in just a second. The gunman screams like a first grader. (laughs) Here's the sound. (laughs) Isn't it amazing how these guys are so tough and then somebody actually dares to shoot back and it's like... He shot my arm off. He shot my arm. No fair. I'm telling mom. Pussy. (laughs) So he turns, he heads back out the door. And in fact, because he was screaming, he shot my arm off when he was in the store. And what I just played for you was him out in the parking lot where he's got his three accomplices waiting for him in the getaway car. (laughs) 
So now he's running out. He's crying like a toddler. He's trying to get into the backseat of the getaway car. And this is where it turns into something like a Benny Hill sketch because a second gunman from the car is about to follow the first guy into the store when he hears the shotgun blast hit his friend's arm. Uh. And now he scampers back into the car like his hair is on fire. So it really became just comic because you've got the guy who's been shot trying to get into the car. The guy in the front passenger seat gets out to open the door for the injured accomplice. Well, that was polite. It was very polite. I guess these guys are not are not so bad after all. <laughs> Gunman with the bleeding arm gets into the car and the car starts to, to drive off. But driver is smart enough to realize that the front passenger seat is empty because the buddy next to him got out so the car stops backs up so the passenger guy can get in the car and now all four drive off yeah you're right cue yakety sacks <laughs> exactly very good thanks we don't have to pay residuals for that do we i the hope lights? not because we don't have okay. any yeah so the Riverside County Sheriff's Department says, the surprise, surprise, the suspects show up at a hospital about an hour later. And the gunman goes inside to the ER with a gunshot wound. And as is hospital protocol, they call the Sheriff's Department. So the Sheriff's Department shows up to chat with the gunman. They find his three buddies still in the car <laughs> waiting for him i guess thinking that he's you know gunman's just going to go in get a bandage and be out in a few minutes so we'll just sit here in the car right gives him some time to scrub the blood out of the bmw carpet and maybe have a cigarette and try and calm down <laughs> well they find the three guys in the car they talk to the to the they arrest the guy the the gunman who's in the hospital the car itself is stolen Oh, man. And they find a load of other weapons inside the car, and all of those weapons are stolen. So they arrest the three guys, uh, two of them from Los Angeles, one of them from Las Vegas, and they're held in lieu of half a million dollars bail. Wow. Gunman is arrested when he's discharged from the hospital. The DA's office charges the three of them, the guys who were in the car, with attempted robbery, elder abuse, and carrying a stolen, loaded firearm in public. Elder abuse. Wow. Isn't that priceless? That's perfect. I love yeah. that story. Yeah. And again, my mind goes to the guy who gets shot in the arm, and he goes into the emergency room. How does he explain this injury? I slipped and <laughs> fell. I was cleaning my gun, and it goed off in my arms. It goed right off. <laughs> so this woman, Marnie Tapia, who works for Craig Cope, said, this is not his first rodeo. He saw on the surveillance them coming out of the vehicle with the weapons. Craig Cope, the owner himself, later said, quote, I would always protect my employees, my customers, myself. This instance, fortunately, I was here by myself, so I only had to worry about that. I took care of it, and that was that. Oh, I love this man. Way to go, Craig. Even the sheriff backed him up. They issued a statement almost immediately saying, quote, in this case... A lawfully armed member of our community prevented a violent crime and ensured their own safety while being confronted with multiple armed suspects. We wish the store owner a speedy recovery. Wow. So according to Marnie, the woman who works for Craig Cope, the store owner, he suffered a heart attack as a result Ooh. of that series of events, 
recovered, then suffered a stroke, but is recovering from that. He's in a, he's in a rehab facility, and it didn't take long for this tight-knit community of Norco to hear about this. So talk about making lemonade. There have been prayers, well wishes, <clears throat> steady stream of customers asking about Cope. And in fact, that store now sells T-shirts made famous <laughs> by Cope's viral moment. And the T-shirt reads, don't mess with Norco, we'll shoot your arm off. <laughs> oh, I love Love Continued it. recovery, Mr. Cope. We got this from ABC7.com, the LA Times, KKTV.com, CBS News, and USA Today. You got to love that. Go, Craig. There's something very satisfying about an elderly person kicking their shit out of a would-be perp. Yeah. All these, all these, uh, these knuckleheads were in their early to mid-20s. And I love the fact that a guy who's four times their age, just a single shot, and they, they just cried like toddlers. I kind of pictured the guy as, you know, really cool-headed, like a, like a Clint Eastwood type, where he just kind of brings the shotgun up with one hand, fires it off, puts it down, yeah. takes a cigarette out of his mouth and blows the smoke exactly. casually into the air, flicks the butt at the perp. Yeah, that'll learn you. That'll learn you, you little geezer. <laughs> That's amazing, Linz. Good story. Thank you. So remember, whether you're in Norco or any town, actually, best to keep your guns to yourself and just stay home and read a nice book instead. I would agree with that, sir. As we said, our uh, email address is lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. You guys have just been absolutely fantastic with your stories, with your compliments. We also just cleared a quarter million downloads. You know, you told me that, and for a second I thought, there must be something wrong with this connection. It sounds like Jethro just said, (laughs) we hit a quarter million downloads. Yeah, worldwide. It's amazing. It really is. And we appreciate you taking the time to uh, give us a nice review, uh, give us a five-star rating. That helps us grow this little podcast into a little... From a baby into a... A what? I don't a know. A college student, maybe. Maybe, one day. Right now, we're just maybe. in the, uh, you know, we still wet our pants. That's only when somebody blows a shotgun without, uh, <laughs> yeah. a shotgun blast off without that, warning us. That before. would do it, for sure. Yeah. Thanks a lot, you guys. Remember to make good choices. Your life might depend on it. So concludes another episode of The Shallow End with Schnebley and Toff. We thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast, give these boys a five-star rating, and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. All content copyright 2022. Misuse of this podcast may result in serious injury or even death. Follow all label directions. This offer void in Fort Kent, Maine, and Tucson, Arizona. And parts of Orlando. Don't ask. Just trust us. Okay, you gotta go.